All right, well, test run here. Are we smooth? Are we smooth like butter? Uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome. We're live from the good old homestead. We have internet at home right now, so, um, and since we missed last week, I'm gonna make this uh, a little bit longer one today. Good morning, everybody. Awesome. It looks like we're, we're good to go. Um, really appreciate everybody being here. Sorry I missed last week. It is what it is, but it looks like we have everything fixed, so we're going to do it. Um, welcome to the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. I am your teacher of the mysteries and preacher of the heart, Marty Leeds, Brother Marty Leeds, and I run a website, a church, and academy, of course, and that's GnosticAcademy.org uh, if you're new to the channel. And we do uh, spiritual studies is basically what we do here, religious studies. That's what our focus is. Mainly, of course, on the Bible and Lord Jesus Christ, but we'll be, do we'll be dealing with lots of stuff. We're going to be covering the Vedas moving forward. We're going to talk about the Upanishads. We're going to do the Tarot deck. We've got one coming up called Let's Talk uh, About Astrology. Um, there's gunshots going off in the background because it's Sunday and it's up north. So welcome home, everybody. So uh, lots... <laughs> So lots on the hit parade. That's just part of the show. That's just it's like we're back in Hawaii, except it's cold. So that's just part of uh, uh, this show. So anyway, that's what we got coming up. So lots of good stuff. So thank you all for joining me today. We're going to be discussing Mark chapter eleven, and I wasn't sure what to call this. I was going to call it the flow and way of peace, or the money changers in the temple. So I guess I'll figure out what I'm going to call it after this. But we're going to talk about the money changers in the temple, and we're going to talk about the flow and the way of peace. We're going to talk about the way being in the way. And so we're going to be discussing and picking apart Mark chapter 11. But before we do that, let's do a prayer. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. When thou, lookest, when thou tookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst not abhor the virgin's womb. When thou hast overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of the Father in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to our judge. We therefore pray thee, help thy servants whom thou'st, thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints in glory everlasting. Amen. I've never read a prayer while there's gunshots, gunshots going off in the background, but that's how it is. Okay. So, uh, like I said, we're going to be talking. Um, let me say hi to you beautiful people before we get going here. Lindsay Chapman, Brian Rose, Mustard Bear, Ben Krupa, The Hippocrates, Eric C., Interverse Podcast, GM Grassi, Jim the Pious. Uh, all right, Deborah Stilly, Julie Pradal. Oh, we got a good crew here. Thank you all for joining me once again. Um, 58 watching. Hey, that's the first, uh, if you had the first seven primes together. That's what that is. Okay. 
Let's jump into it. Um, we're going to spend probably, there's a bunch of astrology here that I want to point out, and we're probably going to spend like 20, 15 minutes, 20 minutes on two verses, on the first two verses, okay? So here we go. Let's just jump into it. Um, Mark chapter 11, numero uno, let's do it. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem, I'll read these first five and then we'll go back like we, like we tend to do. Um, and when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethphage, 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 and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as you be, you be, or ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied wherein never man sat. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye, why, why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye loosing the colt? Okay, and we'll get into that. So we're going to talk about the colt. We're going to talk about the two ways. We're going to talk about uh, lots of things here. But before we get into this, let's just start with numero uno there. Um... Mark 11.1 1 says, And when they came nigh to Jerusalem, comma, what is Jerusalem? So we have to know, but when we read the Bible, we have to know these terms in order to understand the context of the story. And especially since we're talking about the esoteric here, we're going to really go deep here as, as far as the anagogic is concerned today. You really need to go and understand each, each one of these terms before you can get the, the true meat or the true seed of the, the message, okay? So when they came nigh to Jerusalem, what is Jerusalem? Well, it's the way, it's the city of peace is what Jerusalem means, okay? Um, now, not all of those that are actually seeking the Jerusalem of peace, uh, or the Jerusalem or the city of peace are actually seeking peace in the world. Let's just say that. But this is, of course, an inner study. So we're talking about the city of peace. What is the meaning of Salem? Salem means peace. Yaru means flow. So the place named Jerusalem, pronounced Yerushalem, uh, in Hebrew, is a combination of two words. The first is Yeru, meaning flow. So we're going to talk a lot about flow today. And so you have Yeru Salam. So it basically means the flow of peace. And when we talk about the city of peace, whenever we talk about a city, okay, whenever the Bible mentions a city or they went to this place, so that sort of thing, you always have to understand the, the actual occult message there, the esoteric meaning of that. You are the city. You are the house. You are the temple. Okay? So whenever you read this sort of stuff, as you go forward, you have to realize, okay, in a literal context, they're like, okay, we came nigh unto this city of Jerusalem in a physical place. In the literal context of the story, in just the, you know, your basic, oh, I'm reading the story. What is the inner meaning, though, is what you seek. So Jerusalem, the place that they're going to is the city of peace. And it's a flow. There's a flow state here, okay? So you have to remember that. Okay. Let's get back here. So, when they came nigh to Jerusalem, unto Bethphage and Bethany, the Mount of Olives. Okay, so, um, did I miss? Oh, I'm sorry. Before we get onto that, I'm sorry. I missed this whole part here. Excuse me. It's been a few weeks. Um, talk about the city of peace. We just covered this last chapter, talking about where the city of God is. So, the city of God is a cube, as it references in, um, in Revelation. So this is Revelation 21, 16, and the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured, there's a lot of measuring, a lot of math going on here. The city with the reed, that's a measuring tool. 12,000 furlongs, that's a measurement. The length and the breadth and the height, those are measurements. Of it are equal, that's a, that's a sum or a, you know, equal. Um, and he measured the wall thereof, and 140 and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. Measuring man, you're measuring an angel. The, Liddy, the, the, <laughs> the city lieth foursquare, and the length, breadth, etc., that's a cube. The city of God is a cube. So in the last chapter, we talked about the salt of the earth, how they, they finished the chapter. Um, I think this was last week, uh, or the last chapter. It was, says, salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltness, wherewith ye, will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves. Be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. All of this salt... Salt in its form is cubic. So this is all symbolic, cryptic language to try to tell you where the city of God is, where the city of peace is. And this is how this, it actually ends with says, hey, have salt in yourselves. Have the city of God in yourselves. 
So you've got his life four square, its breadth, its length, its height are all equal. It's a cube. Have that in yourself, in yourselves, and have peace with one another. All of this language, Jerusalem, the salt, the where, where the city of God is, is all referencing a place within you. And this is the and this is where we go to die on the cross. This is where you die. This is a cube. It's a die. It's a cube. So this, the cube, the, the city of God, uh, references your three-dimensionality. Up, down, left, right, forward, reverse. This is a review, but... So this, so this, we're in the first verse here, right? We just... Oh, I'm sorry. Let me get back here. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem, when they came nigh unto that temple, the temple, right? The temples. <clears throat> so that's all referencing you. The city, by the way, we also covered this maybe in chapter 7, I want to say, where we talked about the polis, decapolis. You guys remember this? Deca meaning 10. They came, they went, and this is, I think, maybe chapter 7, something like that. They went to the city of decapolis, polis meaning city, a pole, okay? And we referenced, hey, this is the axis mundi. All of these are, uh, all of these notions, the, the cube, the axis mundi, stuff like this, th these are central themes within you know, your basic study of mysticism, essentially, is what it is. So your axis mundi is your pole. It's your central pole within you. This central pole references the central pole of the earth itself. As above, so below, so within, so without. You know, what's what's up there is down in here. So the decapolis, the city of ten, is you. So when they talk about that city, that's the pole. We'll, we'll show you this in just a second. It'll, it'll all make sense. So, and when they came nigh to Jerusalem, that's how far we've gotten thus far, comma, unto Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives. Okay, so, and I'm, pr I'm probably saying that incorrectly, Bethphage, Bethphage, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but Bethphage means, Beth means a house in, the, in Hebrew, so the, the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Aleph, Beth, Beth means house. And so they're going to this Bethany, any house, I think Anya is, means like impoverished, I want to say in Hebrew or something like that. So, but they're going to a house. And then faj means a, com a combining form, meaning a thing that devours. So you're going to this place and you're going to a, a thing that devours. Well, we've already covered, once again, we've already covered this in some of the uh, preceding chapters that um, Bethany, when we talk about Bethany, we're talking about the, the house of bread. This is, uh, and I'll, I'll show you this in just a second. Bethlehem means, I think it means the house of bread is the actual translation. So we talk about Bethany. You're going to this house, a house of bread. That's what you do is you devour bread. So Bethphage, Faj, means to devour. And you're where? Where are you? Where are they going? This house where you devour. And what is the house? When we talk about house, we're talking about an astrological term as well. Once again, the house here and the house is up there. The house of bread. This is Virgo, and I'll show you this in just a second, and this will all lead right to the rest of the chapter. It's pretty crazy. So you're going to Virgo, which is right between uh, Virgo, Virgo Leo there, right? Virgo is the house of bread. That's what it is. So they're going to the city of peace where they're going to devour bread. That's what it is. And it's Virgo is, the, is also referred to as the house of bread. And it's the represent, representation of Virgo is a virgin holding a sheaf of wheat. This house of bread and its symbol of wheat represents August and September at the time of harvest, of course. So they're going to this. This is, by the way, we're, we're, in the, we're, at, we're at the second comma here. When they came to the city of peace, which is within them, onto the house of Virgo, the house of the bread. Why is it the house of bread? Well, first off, what is the bread that they're eating? This is the bread of life. They're devouring the bread of life. This is the bread. This is the, sp the spiritual nourishment in which you cannot ever go hungry, is, is the idea. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Um, evermore, give us this bread. We're going to eat this bread forever because we're eating the sustenance and the bread of life. Salvation, eternal life. That's what you're devouring. That's the spiritual sustenance that you're taking in. So this is what's being referenced in um, this, the house of bread. They're going to the virgin, which is, by the way, Virgin Mary, reference to Virgin Mary, and they're going to the house of bread. Why is it a house of bread? In the, I'll show you this in just a second, the um, constellation Virgo has this main star Spica, 
I think I'm saying that correctly. Spica, which is on the ecliptic. And the it's a bright star in the constellation Virgo. And it's literally from Latin, ear of grain. So here we have this house of bread carrying wheat. The star itself in Virgo is called the ear of grain. Right? This is the time of year when that happens. So let's put this together here. Let's go back. So when they came nigh unto Jerusalem, unto Bethphage and Beth Bethany, where are they going here? Um, da, 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 da. Sorry. I'm out of... So um, there we go. So there's your Virgo. There's your Virgo right there, okay? And there's the ecliptic. You can see the ecliptic, right? So there's where all the constellations are. There's Leo, etc. There's the beehive of Cancer. You can keep going up. So we're swooping down. There's the house of bread with spica, which is a grain of wheat. And they went nigh to Jerusalem, which is the city, which is the polis, which is what? Within you. This is the high point in the, of course, the, the, the center star, the pole star, the pole star, the polis, the center star of the heavens that reflects the center star within you, the center within you that reflects the center above. So they came nigh into the city of peace, this polis, the city of peace, the city of peace, excuse me, with Bethphage and Bethany at the house of bread, and they were by the Mount of Olives. Now a mount is a high place. That's what it means. So let's go back here. So when they came nigh unto Jerusalem, unto Bethphage and Bethany, at the mount, at the mount, a mountain of olives, he sendeth forth two disciples. Um, so olive actually is the olive, the olive is uh, technically a droop of fruit with a single large stone inside. So there's a big stone. In, which is highly, you know, esoteric when you talk about philosopher's stone, the cube, the stone, that sort of thing. But the word olive derives from olive, it's olive tree. And the word oil is actually from, the word oil is originally meant olive oil. So when we talk about any sort of oil, oil in general, it, it derives from the olive itself. I mean, the word oil is in olive. Um, so... This oil that we talk about, so this is the their Mount of Olives. Let's go back up here. The city, the mount, the high place, the polis, the city of Jerusalem, the city of peace, which is within you and is the high point in the sky, right by the house of bread. We talked about this polis being literally your central pole within you, the center staff within you. Your spinal column that makes you erect within you. Your city of polis. Then they talk about at the Mount of Olives. And olives is, when you look at the etymology, it's directly referred to oil. Now, what is oil? Well, this is the chrism. I'll get into this in just a second. Christ is the anointed. It's synonymous with, in translating to Greek, Hebrew, Messiah, Messiah, a title given to Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth was, Jesus of Nazareth, he became the Christ. He was anointed. Chrism means an oil mingled with balm, a sacred ointment consecrated and used in Christian rites. And oil even says here, it's the etymology, from olive oil directly. So when they talk about the mount of oil of the chrism within the city of peace, which is within you, right by the house of bread in which you are going to devour the bread of life forever, in eternal life at the high place, The oil in the chrism is understood as your cerebral spinal fluid. This is classically, once again, this comes from George Carey, um, God, Man, the Word Made Flesh, a fantastic book, by the way. The fluid, this is understood esoterically as your cerebral spinal fluid. This is basically the fluid that travels up, and we talked about this, I want to say, chapter two or three, maybe. Basically, your brain is bathed in this fluid, and it bathes your brain, soaks your brain in, and it goes down, and this is just how it works, goes down your spinal column, and then goes back up. Now, once again, esoterically, this was understood as the oil of Christ. The fluid oil or marrow which flows down the spinal cord comes from the upper brain, the Creator, or the Father, the Most High, the Mount of our Olives. Olives, he says, high, and is known in physiology as the ovum or generative seed. Seed. That life essence which creates the human form of corruptible flesh. In the Greek um, from which the New Testament was translated, this marrow is called Christ, chrism which is the Greek word for oil. When this oil is refined, transmuted, lifted up, raised, it becomes so highly vitalized that it regenerates the body and overcomes the last enemy, death, salvation. How can it be lifted up? 
by lifting up the Son of Man, Christ Almighty, the seed, the word, the Savior, the oil, Christ, chrysum is the spinal cord, is the salt, which is mentioned in the Bible, and the Savior is the seed of Jesus. So this is the olive, olive. So it is saying, olive, eternal life. Bring that Mount of Olives right there. We'll get into that in just a second. So does everybody get that? So this is comma two. We're at the second comma. <laughs> That's so sad. So when you read this esoterically, this is what, oh, sorry. When you read this esoterically, you know, look how much we've, we've covered just thus far. We haven't even finished verse one. So when, then it says all of this. So it came nigh into the, to, the, to uh, Jerusalem, the city of peace, which is the polis, which is the pole star at the very top with Christ himself. Bethphage and Bethany, you're eating and devouring the bread of life for eternity at the Mount of Olives. There's oil, it's chrism that's going up the spinal column at the Mount that I place the Father. And he sendeth forth two disciples. What are the two disciples? So, I mean, if you just read this astrologically, if I have the correct one here, sorry. No, I don't. Sorry. Mm, I'm sorry, I lost it. The, um... My Lord, it's just gone now. <laughs> there it is. The two disciples that he sends forth are what? Well, if they're going to Bethphage and Bethany, right? Which is the house of bread. It, as you're going to see, what's the other? It's Leo. Leo. By the way, O-E-L, O-E-L is the exact same. So Leo, L-E-O, read that backward. O-E-L is the exact same gematria for oil. So O is two, E is five, and I is five, and L is two. So no matter if you spell, you know, forward or backward, it's a, it's a, what is that? A, a numeric what does he call like doctor, like a backward, read backward and forward, whatever that's called, right? It's a numeric one of those. It's an oil, Leo, two, five, two. Doesn't matter what, uh, you know, how you spell it. Leo, L-E-O, O-I-L. So there's the two disciples that he sends forth. Okay, let's keep going. And saith unto them, go your way into the village over against you. That's what he says. This is the next line. So Mark 11, 1, and when they came nigh to Jerusalem, unto Bethphage and Bethany, and the Mount of Olives, he sent forth two disciples, Leo and Virgo, and saith unto them, hey, you go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied, whereon never man sat. Loose him and bring him. Okay, so uh, let me go back here. So, <clears throat> Virgo, the house of bread, and Leo, which is oil, are over against, the village over against them. So if you take those two constellations and go over against, what are you going to have? You're going to have basically Pisces and Aquarius. And over there is a colt, and it's tied upon something. Go and loose it for me. What's the colt? What's a colt? A colt is, um, of course, we know a colt is a, it's an old English horse. Okay. <sighs> Young ass. A colt is a male horse. So where did they go? They went over across and they got the, um, I keep clicking on the wrong one here. My Lord. They went over and they grabbed Pegasus. It's a big horse in the sky. And it's over against the very two constellations, which Jesus is like, hey. So there's your, there's your colt. And we'll get into the Pegasus in just a second. And then they say, um, and if any man say unto you, why do, you, why do, you, why do ye this? Why, why are you doing this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door, without in a place where two ways met, and they loose him. So this colt was tied by a door, in where two ways met, okay? 
So, and I'll get back to that. So what is, first off, what is the Pegasus? The Pegasus is the constellation, and it's a big, essentially, white horse with wings in the sky. So when it says, no man, uh, no man ever sat, never sat on this thing, why has no man never sat on this horse? Well, because it's Pegasus, it's this horse in the sky. It's a horse, and it's the horse in which is only there for Jesus, in this sense. That horse is specifically there for Christ to ride, and we'll see why in just a second. So... Now it says it's um, that over against the over against the the village. Once again, there's the cult, the Pegasus, which is right right uh, between Pisces and Aquarius, and over against the Virgo and Leo. There, okay. Now the cult it says two ways. Let's read this again. There's tons of astrology here. You you'll find a cult tied uh, where where on where on never man sat. No man has ever sat on this thing. Loose him and bring him. And then it says, and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they loosed this colt. So what is the what is the place where the two ways met? Dun, dun, dun. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met. What are the two ways? Right by Pisces and Aquarius is where the um, your equatorial circum your circumference, right, with the, uh, essentially the equator of the Earth that is put towards into the heavens, meets up with the ecliptic. So right between, right where the colt is, where never man, where upon never man sat, Jesus is going to sit upon that colt right there, and it's over across Virgo and the house of house of Brad and of course Leo. And right by the ecliptic and the equator, two ways met right there. You got two ways that are meeting. And right there is a colt. Now it's tied. It says it's tied by the door. Pisces, those, you see Pisces is a really big constellation. So right above the, the colt there is the circlet of Pisces is one of the fish. And then it goes over here. And then there's another one and it's the two fish and it's tied over here. And it's a big constellation. It actually overcomes Aries uh, um, sidereally. So... And those two fish are tied together by a cord. It's really, it's literally what it is. They're tied together by a cord. So here the colt, which is right across, over against, is now tied just like those two fish are. Tied. Where the two, two ways meet. Okay. So does everybody get that thus far? See where we are in the sky. See all the correlations that are happening up there. It's a it's a timeless story in the stars. Why do you think the Bible is still a legitimate document today? Because the stories didn't happen 2,000 years ago. They're happening all time. You pick this thing up, and whatever's happening in here is happening right now. And we'll actually discuss this today when we get to the fig tree. So, um, okay, then, so basically they're saying, hey, and a certain of them stood there and said unto them, why, why are you loosing the colt? Why are you letting this thing loose? Because Jesus is here. Because Jesus is going to ride this thing. We'll get back to that in just a second. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm sorry. Let me get back. I totally missed this. I'm so sorry. The Mount of Olives. I'm out of place here. The Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives, it separates the most holy place, the Temple Mount, from the Judean desert to the east. We know it to be the place from which the Jesus Messiah ascended into heaven. So, the Mount of Olives, this is the place from which Jesus, the Messiah, ascended into heavens. And it separates the most holy place, which is what? The center within you, which represents what? The center above the pole star. The temple mount, the mount, the temple within you, the mount on high. And the Mount of Olives, it separates the most holy place, the temple mount, from the Judean desert to the east. So when we look at the city, the polis, the pole star, right by the Mount of Olives, where Jesus ascends into heaven, right to the, literally, literally, right to the east of that is what? It's the constellations Leo, Leo Minor, uh, Cancer, which has the beehive, Lynx, and Camelopardus. Camelopardus is a giraffe. So uh, Camelopardalis, I keep saying this incorrectly, so I, I apologize. Camelopardalis, it's a giraffe, the constellation of a giraffe, but it comes from the words camel and leopard. So in other words, this constellation is a camel and a leopard and it forms a giraffe. It's a camel and a leopard and it forms a giraffe. It's a camel and a leopard and it forms a giraffe, Camelopardus. So now we have a camel, a leopard, a giraffe, a lynx, a lion, a couple lions, and of course a bunch of bees. 
there's 500 species of bees that lives in, live in where? Desert. It's the desert. You're looking at the Judean desert to the east. What is in the desert? Leo major, Leo minor, the camel, the leopard, the giraffe, the lynx. It's the Mount of Olives. Okay. So there's your desert place, which we already talked about. This was already referenced, I think, in chapter four or something like that. Okay. So, you know, extremely specific things are being mentioned here. Just in that first verse. Crazy. Okay, so the, the cult. Let's get back to the cult. Sorry, I'm all over the place today. The cult. He loosed the cult. Now, when he loosed the cult... He was tied, once again, let's go back to this, the colt in the two ways. It was tied to the cords of Pisces. There's the colt tied to the cords of Pisces. By the way, there's another, um, what is it? Equilus is the constellation. It lies in the northern sky. It name, its name means little horse or fowl. And, um, and so it's, it's right by there as well. So you have several colts there by the Pegasus, essentially, right? So you have these colts, the Pegasus, that's tied, right? And it's tied to right above the Pegasus is a circlet, okay? It's the crown circlet. You can see, here, I'll say this. The circlet is the constellation of Pisces, represents a pair of the fishes connected by a cord. It's tied. And the western fish is formed by a rough oval of seven stars. There's a circlet crown of seven stars above a horse. A flying horse in the heavens in which Jesus is going to sit on. There's a crown of thorns or horns or stars. Seven of them. The ring of seven stars is also sometimes called the circlet due to its distinctive shape. So the crown circlet here, you have the Pegasus, which is a white horse that flies. That's what it is. And right above that is the circlet. Now, this Pegasus is actually found, We, I mean, we find the Pegasus in, in Revelation. We find it all over in, in myth and folklore and stuff like that. And I saw heaven, this is Revelation something, something. And I saw heaven opened up and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness. He doth judge and make war. His eyes were as flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. So here's Jesus on the white horse. Royal crown, ornament for the head as a symbol of sovereignty. Symbol of sovereignty. That's what the, that's what the crown. Look what is right above, or look what, excuse me, is right below the circlet. So the circlet is a star asterism. A star asterism is a group of stars which help you navigate and see, you know, where other stars are. So that's the circlet. A circle. And right below the circlet is what? The square of Pegasus. It's literally, it's called the great square of Pegasus. That's what it's called. It is, once again, it's a star asterism. So it's one of the, you know, four stars are like, oh, there's Pegasus. Now I know where I am in the sky. Now I know, hey, there's those two ways that meet right there. Hey, Aquarius is right there as well, right? It's, or, or excuse me, Pisces Aquarius is right there, right? Great square of Pegasus and right above the square is a circle. Jesus is mounting on the Pegasus, the white horse, which is only he is sitting on, riding into heaven. And while doing that, he's squaring the circle. He's circleting the great square of Pegasus. He's squaring the circle, which is exactly what Jesus Christ does. So I wrote an entire chapter. I didn't include this in the chapter, but um, an entire chapter in my book, Lord Jesus Christ, on squaring the circle, I don't know, 20, 30 pages, something like that, talking about the entire process of squaring the circle. And here we have squaring the circle, which is a mystical mathematical art. And it's crafted within the star, the makeup of the stars in the sky. <clears throat> so there's that. Pegasus is in Revelation 6, 2, and I saw and behold a white horse and he that sat on him had a bow. And a crown was given unto him, <coughs> and he went forth conquering, and to conquer. He was given a crown. Um, <coughs> and behold, a white horse. 
He had a bow. So there is, <coughs> excuse me, there is your Pegasus. So send me that colt and loose him. I'm going to ride him. I'm going to square the circle. I'm going to, uh, you know, the whole bit is right there. So let's keep reading. Um, and they said unto him, even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him. And he sat upon him. They ca these people saw Jesus riding this horse. They brought him the horse. He sat on it. He's circling the square while he's doing it. And they took their garments and they cast on him. What are the garments? It's the material body. They took the material body and they cast it off and they realized, oh, I'm, I'm metaphysical. I'm from a metaphysical source. That's what I actually am. They threw, they threw their, they was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't need that anymore. I'm going with Jesus. And many spread their garments in the way. We're going to talk about in the way. And others cut down branches off the trees and strawed them in the way. And they that went before and they that followed cried saying hosanna blessed is he that cometh in the name of the lord blessed be the kingdom of our father uh david that cometh in the name of the lord hosanna in the highest what does hosanna mean what does hosanna mean hosanna means it's used to express adoration praise or joy it's basically like yes he's here awesome right what is happening right here so jesus is going on the horse and he's going to ride in the way what's the way we know what the way is we'll cover it in just a second we've covered it before it's the way it's the eternal flowing way of nature what it is they spread their garments they took their material bodies off and they put it in the way and others they cut down branches and they straw they're laying out the path so jesus can go on his that's what's happening and they that went before and they that followed they that went before and they that followed cried yes what is this? This is a reference to the Trinity. This is a reference to the Trinity. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. He is the eternal present of the now, the preserver, the present. The Father is the future, the creator. The Son is the present, the preserver, the Holy Spirit, the past, the destroyer. So what do you have? They have they that came before and they that followed, and where was Jesus? Well, Jesus was in the way. He was in the flow, in the way. He is the flow. He is the way. I, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? I am the eternal life. I am the, I am the flow. They that came before, they that followed. Why? So they padded out that way, that path. But they cut the trees down. They threw the material garments down. We don't need this shit anymore. We're going with Jesus. What is the way? We've talked about the way. The way is the core and uh, essence of Taoism and the major theme in the day Tao Ching, the oldest and most important classic on Taoism. The way can basically be described as this, as the idea of the primordial natural law on which all of the universe has been given its shape and mechanics. The entire flow of nature within it is an intelligent force that's full of love and care and all of that sort of stuff. And it designs every aspect of this. It's, it's how everything is based on it. It's the primordial natural law that flows through it. And that's what Jesus is. That's what Christ is. And so he is that eternal present. He is always here. And that's why he's the, that's the, you know, that's the Trinity right there. Okay. Uh, by the way, um, I think Ange sent this to me, I want to say. But this is uh, the Holy Spirit there. And the Holy Spirit, the dove, is making the diameter for the circumference of that circle. You guys see that? The wings of that dove, this is symbolism par excellence, is what it is. The dove, the Holy Spirit, the dove, is making the circumference, or it's making the diameter for the circumference of that circle. Does everybody see that? And there's seven yods or fires there. Seven. So, pretty cool. Does everybody get that? Okay, let's keep going. Uh, I want to make sure I'm on track here. Oh, yeah, so they're saying, Hosanna, oh, praise, adoration, this is amazing, Christ is here. 
And Jesus entered into the city of peace and into the temple. And when he had looked round about on all things, he looked round about. He was at the city of peace, the polis, the pole star, the city right up there that's within here. And he was at the top. And he looked round about at the top of the tippy top of the dome over everything. That's what's happening. Upon all things. How is he going to see all things? Well, he's up there, right there. And then where's that? Here. And when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the eventide was come, and he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. So now they took the twelve disciples and went into the house of bread. Now, um, eventide. I want to show you guys this. <clears throat> we just saw, I just showed you this. This, this is the Trinity. Where the Trinity is literally making, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit there is making the diameter for the circumference of that circle. Correct? Oh, it's just absolutely fantastic symbolism right there. I mean, that is, that's um, cryptology, guys. That's what that is. So the Holy Trinity is making pi. This is what the sun does. When the sun rises, you know, once again, it's this is the cryptic way and symbolic way in which the nature, in which the, you know, uh, God speaks through nature. <clears throat> eventide means the end of the day, the evening. So when eventide had come, even, right, evening, what happens? Well, when the sun sets on the horizon, it creates, the horizon creates the diameter for the circumference of the sun. And this happens in morning and evening. Okay. Now, it's just, once again, it's in, it's the implied geometry, essentially, is what it is. But this is how God speaks. I mean, he, like, literally, the stars are made for signs and all that sort of stuff, right? You know, we look at these celestial metaphysical objects, and what are they doing? They're, they're telling us things. They're speaking to us in the way that God speaks. So, you know, there's your, there's your pie in the sky. And this is, so this is, you know, pie in the sky. Evening, morning creates the day and the night. So what happens? Day, the the sun goes up and then it sets and then that creates 180 degrees. And then what happens to the sun? I don't know. 180 degrees, you know, it's like basically, once again, it's always implying pie. Sun rising on the horizon, setting on the horizon over here, evening, morning. And then what does it do? 180 degrees. God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning and the first day. Okay. So, uh, once again, pie there. And on the morrow, they were uh, come from Bethany. He was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if haply he might find anything thereon, this fig tree. He's like, oh, maybe this fig tree has some dang good fruit that's going to give me that sustenance. That's going to that's gonna fulfill me spiritually. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. They heard it. They heard what he was saying, right? They heard, they heard what he was saying. No man, so what is this fig tree? This comes from uh, Matthew. When he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee, henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And the disciples saw it. And so Jesus essentially curses a fig tree. He's like, this fig tree is cursed. It ain't going to get any fruit from this thing, man. And Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, etc., etc., um, you can move mountains. We'll get into that in a second. So this is what Mark says. So you come to this fruit tree, or this, excuse me, this fig tree. There's no figs on it. Jesus essentially curses the thing. He's like, you're not going to get any fruit you know, any fruit from this thing, any hereafter forever, hereafter forever, you're never going to, you're not going to get any fruit from this thing. What's up with the fig tree? The first thing we have to understand is Adam and Eve actually sewed fig leaves on as aprons in the garden. Okay. So there's that. But so Jesus comes along, sees this fig tree while they were hungry. There's nothing on it. And he's basically saying, this is cursed forever. You're never going to get anything from this. Well, <clears throat> reasons why Jesus cursed the fig tree. Israel had produced no fruit during his ministry. So there was no fruit produced by Israel. And, um, and so fig trees often represent the Lord's blessing and the nation of Israel. As part of the Israelite staple diet, the Jews would immediately recognize a fig being used in the subject of the parable of 
of Jesus. The fig tree actually represents Israel. So the fig tree is a representation of Israel, is a representation of the very, as we have covered in the last 10 chapters, anytime the scribes and Pharisees came along, they tried to listen to him to try to twist his language and lie and all this other stuff, trick him, that sort of stuff. And he's basically saying at the fig tree as a representation of Israel, he's like, hey, you're, you're not going to get any hereafter and forever. You're not going to get any fruit from this tree. From these scribes and Pharisees, you're not going to get any fruit, is what he's saying. So, this is your, this is the, this parable, and he says hereafter, by the way, hereafter, forever. This is cryptic language, once again, that says, where are they talking about? They're not, you know, in the literal story, once again, we're talking about Jesus and the disciples, and they're walking along, and they find a fig tree, and they're like, hey, this thing's cursed, and then they move on, and then they went to Jerusalem. What is hereafter, though? From now on, it's as an adverb, as a noun, it's life after death. So where are they? In, in, the, you know, in, in other words, he's basically saying, in, in your journey towards salvation... The, the 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 fig tree of Israel, the scribes and Pharisees, you're not going to get any meat. Hereafter and forever, there ain't nothing there for you. <clears throat> Which, by the way, this this line here that he says, little little English grammatical here for you: No man eat fruit of the hereafter forever. That's what Jesus says. It equals 157. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered, which is Matthew 10, 30. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. This is, once again, red letter edition, Jesus says this, equals 157. So 157, 157. So then 157, like 1.57 would be half of pi. So 3.14, half that, you know, half that, you'd be 1.57. So about 180 degrees of that circle, 1.57 is what you would have. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. No man eat fruit of the hereafter forever. This is actually half a pie. That's what that is. So, some cryptic things happening there. And they come to Jerusalem, the city of peace, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast them out that sold and bought at the temple. This is the money changers in the temple. So, once again, in the story, Jesus went into a, a temple... And there was some people that were exchanging money and he tipped the tables over and he threw them out. Right? But where is the temple? The temple's within here. And they came to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple. He went into here and began to cast out what? Them that saw, uh, sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money chamber changers and the seats of them that sold doves. Doves, by the way, a dove is a symbol of peace. That's what an olive branch is too. An olive branch is a symbol of peace. So these were these people were in the temple and they were selling peace. Exchanging money. What what's happening here? What what are they actually talking about? They're talking about internal temples. So <clears throat> let's keep reading here. It would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, it is, not, uh, is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. So this city, this house, this polis, the city of peace, this flow, this way of peace, this is a house of prayer. But you guys made it a den of thieves. What, what's being stolen? The thieves, what's being stolen? Your time. Your attention. Why? Because you're concerned with money problems. You're constantly worried about material wealth and how am I going to pay the bills and how am I going to save and how much do I have and blah, 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 endlessly. That's what's filling your head. That's what's in the temple. Constantly worried about it, anxiety, letting it run your life, overrun you. And so Jesus is in there and he's casting them out. He's like, be gone with you. He came to the city of peace and Jesus went into that temple and he's like, oh, all of that time that you're worried about your money and materiality and stuff like that is taking you away from the precious time of living on earth. You're worried about it. That's not the way. 
Get out. You're selling the peace. The peace is, you know, finding peace within yourself. And this is what, um, this is what Jesus said when he said, um, this is Matthew 6. Um, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought of for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Raiment is, you know, garment, your flesh vehicle. The ones that were getting ready for Jesus in the way, for him to ride on the white Pegasus right while he's square in the circle, they were cast in their material bodies. They're like, oh, we'll throw it in the way. And he said, Jesus is saying, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat. Don't worry about those things. If you're following in the way, in the righteous way of God, you will be taken care of. And he says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, when you seek that way, God takes care of you, is what he's saying. Um... So basically, Christ, this is a good review of it. Christ says that believers ought not to live in anxiety about the basic needs of life. Life is more than just food and clothing. There's meaning and purpose, even if you do not have these things. You know, you can still, you know, you can you can find that Christ with, you can find God with essentially nothing. You know, you don't, that's that sort of thing. So don't worry about it. You made this, this temple of prayer and peace, the den of thieves. You stole your time. The disciples the disciples understood that. And the scribes and chief priests heard this and sought how they might destroy him. This guy's trying to bring this guy is trying to bring peace to people's temples, to their inner temples. He's trying to bring peace. We gotta destroy that. I wonder why he cursed the fig tree. For they feared him. They feared Christ's message. They feared Christ entering into the temple, the city, the holy palace, the high place, the mount, and having that light within the being, within all of these Gentiles. Those scribes and chief priests were like, no, we can't have that. Because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, even, what's even? light, day, a century, uh, essentially, right? He went out of the city. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. And Peter calling to remember and saying unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered and saith unto him, Have faith in God. This is, this is a cryptic way of saying, that why did that fig tree die? Well, what did we learn from the other chapters? Well, you were following the vain traditions of men, weren't you? You weren't following the way. You weren't following the way. Just think about what Jesus is saying about the nature of the way. The birds are fed, right? So what are you worried about? Be in that flow. Where is that flow? It's the flow of nature. It's literally what the Tao is. And Jesus is saying, hey, don't have, don't follow the traditions of men, the scribes and the Pharisees that have it all scribbled down. It's all in a book. No, it's not. The epistle is written in your hearts. It's of the spirit, not the letter. This, as somebody who teaches this, right? Because it's in the flow of everything. You're breathing in the one spirit. It's, in, it's everywhere around you. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart. No doubt in here. No doubt. But shall believe that those things which he shall, which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. And the only thing that you should really be praying for is salvation, right? Eternal life. To get off the wheel of karma, the wheel of fortune, the wheel of fate. When ye uh, stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any, forgive everybody. That your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Forgiveness. That's heart. That's heart work. That's all here. When they come again to Jerusalem, the city of peace... 
And as he was walking in the temple, he was in the temple, there come to him the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, those that work on behalf of Satan, those that work on behalf of Father Time, they're entering into your temple and being like, you don't, you don't need to listen to the light. You should just don't leave me. Yeah, you, hey, I got a dove I can sell you for ten ninety nine. <clears throat> Jesus, what does he say? And, and they say unto him, this is what the scribes say to him. They're like, hey, bro, by what authority doest thou these things? Whose authority are you speaking of? Are you speaking... This is not the authority of our Jewish law here. And who gave thee this authority to do these things? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Who gave you the authority? Who gave you the authority, Mr. Big Shot? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I will also ask of you one question, and answer me, answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. And they reasoned with themselves, once again, same same um, verbiage or phrasing. They reasoned with themselves. They didn't reason with the Almighty God. They didn't reason with reason. They didn't reason with the Word. They didn't reason with the Logos. They didn't reason with the light within them. They didn't reason with Christ Almighty. They didn't reason with the high place. They reasoned within their vain, narcissistic, self-righteous selves. And then they're like, ooh, he's going to try to trick us. If we shall say from heaven, he will say, why then did ye not believe him? But if we shall say of men, they feared the people. For all men counted John that he was a prophet indeed. So what are they saying here? They're saying, oh, if we get our authority from the vain traditions of men, then the people are going to be like, oh, we need to destroy these people. I mean, screw them. What are they talking about? But they can't say it from heaven because then Jesus is going to be like, well, why didn't you listen to me? Because all the people... They, they feared the people because all men recognized John was a prophet indeed. This St. John dude, he was a prophet. And who did St. John call for? In the beginning was the Word. He's the fiery preacher that what? Announced Jesus. And they answered and said unto Jesus, We cannot tell. We can't tell you where we get our authority. You have to listen to us. But we can't tell you where our authority comes from. And Jesus answered, saith unto them, Neither do I tell you, but what authority I do these things. This is, a, this is a Jesus doing this. That's what he's doing. He's like, where do you get your authority? Where do you get yours? In other words, I answer to God and God alone. That's who I answer to, not you. So there's that. Um, let's skip that. I, I don't think we're going to do that. Okay. Oh my God. What do we got here? Perspective 96. Thank you, Marty, for all you do. I've been listening to your awesome content since 2015 and I appreciate everything you have shared. Here's just discovering our true divine nature. Thank you so much, Perspective 96, for $96. My Lord, don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. I don't want the copyright strike. Please don't take this down, YouTube. Okay. Uh, what do you guys think? Sorry, I was a little bit all over the place. I got out of my flow. I got out of my flow state. I wasn't in the way. I wasn't seeking the city of peace. Uh, a crazy cool chapter. Crazy great chapter. I thought it was uh, just so much, so meaty. So meaty in there. There's so many good things. So, all right. Um, thank you, 118 watching. That's great. Fig leaves were used to clothe Adam and Eve. Yes, and Brian Rose. Um, fig leaves were used to clothe Adam and Eve. Yes, and they clothed them with aprons. Aprons. Like like Masonic aprons. Okay. Um, all right, I'm going to get going here. I just want to say this. Um, I am... I'm going to get out of here so I can actually see what I'm doing. Um, working on editing This Is Pi and the English Alphabet Collections, Volume 1 through, 1 through 3, and I basically put the three books into one, edited the heck out of it, and basically tried to make it sort of like a kind of kind of coffee table book. Under 200 pages is what I'm ultimately shooting for. And so the first review copy is back, so I'm going to edit that and probably do that today. I'm also going to be... Um, officiating two weddings actually on the solstice i'm doing one we're driving down to missouri and i'll be officiating wedding so uh really excited for that i'm extremely honored to be able to 
be a part of somebody's special day like that. It's so crazy cool. So, um, so thank you to those uh, few people that are <laughs> that are having me do it. I'm doing one on the phone because they're just kind of doing a you know a you know quick and easy kind of one. I'm basically like one of those like Vegas drive-through, you know, no. um, which is still awesome, you know, whatever. And then we're going down to Missouri and going to do one there. So I'm so I'm so honored to to do that for for both couples it it just means the world to me um so thank you guys for that if you guys are listening they're not listening to me so <laughs> just uh okay that's gonna do it um if you guys get a chance oh wait a second yeah so let's do this if you guys get a chance stop on over to gnosticacademy.org and become a member you can become a member for five bucks a month 14 quarterly or 54 for the year five bucks a month 14 quarterly or 54 for the year i really appreciate anybody that does stop by and shoots a donation or buys a book or buys a book for somebody um it's been pretty slow lately so any help you can throw this way i really appreciate it um, I just want to say this. May you always keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. May his grace be with you all. Amen. That's going to do it. And I will be back next week. It looks like we have, um, oh, we got more. Deborah Stilly. Oh, thank you so much, Deborah Stilly. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, we're, we're hopefully be online more now that we have uh, internet at home. So, uh, we're going to do a, we actually just did a whole bunch of work on our homestead. And so, and I got a bunch of video of it. So I'm going to, we're going to, I think Jennifer and I are going to do a property update and, uh, show you guys what we've done so far. We built a garden, we built a rabbit hutch and we did a bunch of landscaping and all sorts of stuff. So, and so I'm excited to show you that. So hopefully be online a little bit more, uh, which is, which is cool because I'm certainly paying enough for this internet. My Lord, it's satellite internet. It's from the satellites. Yes. Um, Kim Bauman, thanks. Happy Pentecost. May you all be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was inspired and wowed twice. Thanks, Marty. Thank you. Great service today. Gwen7005, thank you so much. Okay, we're going to uh, end this baby with a tune that I wrote uh, many years ago called Passion and Desire. And it come, it's off uh, Opus Medical Musico. Uh, Opus Medical Musica, I think is what I call it. Opus, Opus, Opus Medical Musica, something like that. It's off one of my records that you can get at NasdaqAcademy.org. You can download all the records for like 19 bucks or something like that, and you can help me. All right, that's going to do it. Um, guys, blessings. Thank you guys so much for um, stopping by, and we will see you next week, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, and that's going to do it. Okay. As always, many blessings and much love to all. Passion 
Steal your heart. 